Good morning and welcome to Recipe for Success. For success, that's easy for me to say, right? Um, my name is Nancy Giacalone, and I'm excited to join you again this week to talk about the things I love, and that's determining what is the key ingredient or technique that makes people successful. And today, I'm holding the illustrious spot of the last man I'm going to talk to for a few months is John Troutman with Mazzetti and Sullivan employee assistance program services. So John, I'd love to for you to introduce yourself to our audiences and tell us just a little bit about what you do. Nancy, thank you so much. Again, it's such an honor to be here. I really appreciate you and all you do. Uh, I am the Director of Marketing and Business Development at Mazzetti and Sullivan EAP Services. Uh, a little snapshot of who I am. I've been married for about 27 years. We have four kids, 27, 25, 23, and soon to be 21. So uh, we've seen a lot of things through that time and used services similar to the ones that I offer, quite frankly. So um, it, it's been a great opportunity working with Mazzetti and Sullivan. We are an employee assistance program provider, um, but we are very robust. We're not something that's uh, a basic plan, but we can get into that later. So again, thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, uh, can I have to sh do a shout out every single week to my lovely mother, who is my biggest fan and tunes in through Facebook every week. So, um, Judy, if you see any uh, more contents or comments pop up from her, that is my mom. So I'm very I always feel very proud that she is still tunes in every week. So 27 years, four kids. That's impressive, John. Um, I am ahead of you in years married. I might have celebrated 35 in December. Um, but only one child. That was that was all God chose to give us. But we are very thankful for Him. Okay, so let's take a little step back in time and talk a little bit about your history. Starting with, I didn't know this until I started doing a little research on you. You spent 19 years as a full-time pastor. I'd love to know more about that. Yeah, I did. And like you, Nancy, quite frankly, you know, I, I love working with people and it's always been about relationships for me. So uh, 19 years, I was at the same place for that entire time, uh, married and buried a lot of people through that course of, of 19 years and was heavily involved in the community, did a lot of volunteer work, uh, led missions trips across uh, the planet, quite frankly. Uh, many, many times uh, from a youth pastor perspective to an associate all the way uh, to being senior pastor through the course of 19 years. Well, I can definitely see where you would have excelled in that position because you do have such a warm and caring disposition. It comes across in everything that you do. So I'm sure that your congregation was very appreciative of you, of you and very sad to see you go. Um so one of the issues that you have been very vocal about, um, because I, one of the things I love about you is how transparent you are, is that at one point in your career, you had a real serious issue with burnout mm -hmm. and it led to led you to make some significant changes in your life. Can you kind of elaborate on that a little? Yeah, absolutely. And again, I am an open book. And if my you know past can be a part of someone else's you know process and their own healing and, and better planning for their uh, greater success. I want to be a part of that. So, um, you know, through the course of time, and there was one year in particular where I experienced the loss of about 14 people in my life, either, either relatives or people in the community. And I never looked at a person as number 25 on the list, or I never saw you, Nancy, as number you know, whatever. I, right. was, 
I always see you. So um, those took their toll. And to be very transparent here, I did not process every single one of those losses. Those 14 losses added up. Um, I come from a very, uh, can we say, demanding work ethic background. Uh, my grandfather was in Bastogne. My other grandfather worked in the steel mills. That filtered down to me as a child. So work ethic was a huge part of my life from mowing lawns when I was 10, the newspaper duties. So I'll give you the abbreviated snapshot of what happened. I never took the time to process all of those traumatic events that I went through as a pastor because I just was always taught, you take the next thing, you do the next thing. There's no excuses. You just get it done. And, you know, processing is or pausing isn't really what you do. So um, I was advised when I was a pastor to take six months off. So being a workaholic, being told to take six months off, I literally laughed in their face and I paid the price. Terrible decisions. Uh, all the results that you see on a spreadsheet about burnout was my reality. Um, nightmares recurring at night, um, anxiety attacks, uh, where I was quite frankly, and I should have been forced out of my position because my decision-making process wasn't there anymore. And I wasn't willing to get the help that I needed. So um, all of those things we hear about mental health and the stigma attached, I was there and I didn't get the help that I needed. So, um, and again, being transparent, I was forced to resign and to get into a new career. And at the age of 43, that was incredibly challenging. I can imagine. You know, I think what the story you're telling, though, is so true for so many people, but they just never talk about it and they never admit it because sometimes they can't even realize that that's what's happening to them, especially people that have a really strong work ethic because we're taught, we believe that if we slow down to take care of ourselves, that we're going to let other people down. And so we're afraid to, to, to have that, well, I know it's a trendy word, but self-care to take the time for that. Um, and it is, it can be absolutely critical to being able to move on. You know, the, it, I always love the analogy of when you're on an airplane, they always tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first so that then you can help others. But somehow we forget about that in real life that we do need to take care of ourselves so we can take care of our family, our friends, our employees, our community. I just think that that is, um, I think that's just so very true. And it just was because it was so concentrated for you, it was even more um, apparent of how, how that manifested. Yeah. And it, it added up through the course of time, you know, had I, had I stopped somewhere along the way in those 19 years, it wouldn't have been as bad but kind of like holding out to the bitter end, if you will, and not getting that attention. That's what made it. That's what made it so bad. So um, it, yeah. it, did, it did take years uh, to get out of that hole that I dug, but um, learned a lot of things along the way. Okay. So clearly you have a deep love for people and a strong desire to help. So I think those qualities make you a natural for the position you're in now. I mean, I just can't even see a better fit um, to promote employee assistance programs with um, Mazzetti and Sullivan. So what makes your company different from the other EAP? So for those of you not in our industry, EAP is simply short for employee assistance program. I try not to, I try not to lapse into my industry lingo, but sometimes it happens. Um, so what makes your program different from all the other ones that are out there? They've been around for years, so, but I think they're kind of coming into their own. So tell me a little bit about 
Mazzetti and Sullivan. Yeah, they've been around for a while. And Chuck Mazzetti started Mazzetti and Sullivan about 38 years ago. And with the whole concept of one relationship at a time, um, they're just going to build their brand one relationship at a time and growing their business that way. So there are many different types of VAP providers. It is wrong to think that they are all the same. Um, quite frankly, most of them are, are pretty basic. And I'm not trying to belittle any of my competitors. I'm not trying to talk them down. Um, I'm just describing the industry that I specifically work in. And it might be a phone number, maybe or maybe you won't get a live person. So I won't describe the basic one. Mazzetti and Sullivan is very robust. And we have been described by brokers around the country as a white glove provider. And, and personally, Nancy, there's nothing that a broker could say to be more complimentary than saying that my entire team is white glove. So this is something that I think is so important to understand. A lot of times you can have the tip of the spear in business development, but everybody else in the organization isn't like that person. That is not the case at Mazzetti and Sullivan. And, and Chuck Mazzetti was very passionate about that from day one in getting relationship driven people into the company so that they can understand we need to be solution providers. We don't want to be a vendor. My, my desire working with brokers around the country is not to sell a product or service. I want to be your business partner and, de and develop that trust and help you solve other problems. That way you're going to experience that success, not just in a service, but in other areas of HR. So um, we are very robust. We cover the entire household, not just the family, because sometimes there are different people living in that home. We also offer things like a renewable model so that instead of just getting a flat number, each person could get up to 12 in a year's time. And that, and that is unheard of in our industry. It is. Um, it, it really is. So I could go on and on. But the fact that you're always going to get a live person 24, 7, 365, we have sites around the country that people could physically go to. Um, that just helps people lower their stress because, you know, we believe, and I don't think I'm alone, Nancy, there's something about knowing that someone is close by you, that when it, when things go sideways, you could physically talk to face to face. I don't think that's just a generational thing. It's, I don't think it is either. And um, I've been a little bit vocal about that particular subject that I love what virtual has done or remote has done for so many things that we might not have had access to before, but I don't think it replaces an in-person conversation with somebody when you need to have that connection. And especially when it comes to our mental health, virtual may be how it starts, it may be a good way, but if you really need to feel that other person, you need to be in the same room. And I, I do think that you're right. There's a level of comfort of knowing I can go see that person if I need to. You may not choose to, but knowing you can mm -hmm. makes all the difference. Okay, so I have been in this business for <laughs> 35 years. Um, and in the entire time I have been in this business, we've had EAPs. They've been around forever. Um, I've tried to promote them. I talk about them at every employee meeting I've ever done. And people go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And utilization is zip. Even the ones that are that are next, not the basic, but maybe basic plus, let's call it. I don't think most people understand what they can get out of an employee assistance program. So could you describe like some of the services and some of the ways you can help people? 
Yeah. So in most of our plans, that HR person can contact us as, as many times a day, multiple times a week. We don't keep track. So as your business partner, not just your EAP provider, we are there 24-7 to come along those pain points, those frustrations with maybe it's a handbook issue or maybe it's an employee who is bringing, you know, things outside of their job, but that, that activity is now affecting their job. We're there to help solve those things because you know as well as I do, Nancy, when an employee is having issues, they're going to go to that HR person. So we can relieve a great amount of stress from that HR team by simply call us. Let us in, work alongside you. Allow us to physically be there in a lot of the times to help you manage those other areas, not just mental health, because yep. those things also impact mental health. So that that's one of the things that we do, that type of support system, as well as trainings. So these aren't these aren't cookie cutter, you know, we do the same thing for everybody type of thing. We actually have a consultation with that HR team and try to understand what's going on. And then that training time is already included in their plan and we can speak to those pain points. We can be ahead of it as opposed to being reactionary after the fact. We are big on preventative measures to help that entire employee group. So, um, okay, I love, okay, so is there an EAP that's free for employers that can be offered through the state of California? I'll actually answer that one, Scott. Yes, in many cases. Um, it's often, if you can find one that's either attached to your medical plan or your life and disability plan, there is generally no extra cost for that. Um, if you want more, feel free to reach out. Um, okay, so we talked about how the EAP can support the employer. Now let's talk about the employee or their family member. What kind of issues can they use the employee assistance program for? Because this is where I think most people don't understand. I always tell them when I when we would give them their benefit books, I'm like, cut this page out and stick it on your refrigerator. Make sure that number is right there. Because what I always tell people is when you're not sure where to go, start with your EAP. That's that's always my my line. Well, that, that's a great line. So oftentimes people think, well, my situation isn't that bad. I really don't need to go and make that next step. So like you, Nancy, I believe whenever we're going through a life challenge, if nothing else, you can get affirmation that you're making you know, the best choices or best trajectory, if you will, by simply calling that life coach or that counselor. So we get a, a lot of phone calls dealing with elder care, relationships, um, substance abuse, um, dealing with things with in the home, the, those domestic type issues, and quite frankly, we get we get things that are so far out of the box, like they're just the challenges in moving. Can you help me find the right company to work with or even uh, a babysitter, believe it or yep. not? So so any type of life challenge, that's what we're there for. And again, it's a live person 24 seven to talk to. And I'm not sure about Mazzetti and Sullivan, but I know a lot of the EAPs often have like a, a basic legal assistance mm -hmm. um, that's that's built in. And I've actually had people in my own office use our employee assistance program for um, like uh, they had an issue with lease and they were able to get some assistance with that. It wasn't at the same level of as you went to your local attorney and, you know, paid a couple hundred dollars. But they did were able to actually go see an attorney locally and um, get some basic assistance and resolve their issues. So, again, I mean, if you're unsure about I don't know where to start, I mean, Back in the olden days that John and I can actually remember, we used to have the yellow pages. 
there's no yellow pages anymore. So it's like, where do I start? You Google, I don't know. Don't, don't do that. Go to your EAP, talk to them, explain your issue, and they're going to give you some guidance. And if they can't help you, they're going to point you in the right direction. Okay, let's see. Uh, what if a group doesn't have a group plan? Is there one through the state of California? I'm not located in the state of California, but Scott, I will be happy to do a little bit of research on that for you and see what I can help you with. One thing that you should know, um, and any employers or others that might be watching this, is that the cost of entry into an employee assistance program is very low. Um, your basic employee assistance programs can be off often offered starting at three between three and five dollars per employee per month. So if you calculate that over an hourly basis, you might be talking five cents an hour to provide a meaningful benefit, even if you're not able to offer a full medical plan. So employee assistance is a great way to really show your employees that you care. Okay, so let's see, let's switch gears for a minute and let's talk about marketing. I love marketing and you're good at it. So what kind of lit that fire because pastor, EAP guy, how do we transition to marketing? Well, we're all in sales. I don't care what you're doing. We're all in sales one way or another. Um, our operations team is a part of that. They're the first you know, engagement people have on the phone if they're reaching out to me. So um, that being said, I, I love the business development piece, the, the relationship building side of marketing. So uh, again, I can't have any discussion without saying that I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for Ryan Miller and Andy Neary, who, Same. you know, who I met two years ago that said, dude, you just have to be transparent, let yourself out and let people see you for you are. So um, a lot of people think, and I'm not a, I'm not a social media person. You won't find me on any other platform. I'm on LinkedIn simply because it works and it works because I'm just being real. So I share my life on LinkedIn. I share experiences. I, I share stories from the past so that people see that transparency and they realize I'm real. I love doing what I'm doing because I'm just building relationships. Business comes after that. I'm not trying to push somebody to a sale. I don't get a commission. So at the end, if I know at the end of the day, Nancy, that I can help you, that's a great day. If I know yeah. I can help a group in Oklahoma, that's a great day. So um, I love doing what I'm doing in marketing because it's a relationship building model. I couldn't I couldn't agree more with you. And I think that when I finally understood that, I think that's when I started to fall in love with it as well, um, because Yes, we're all in sales and we all acknowledge that. And that's, you know, definitely a part of who we are. But I wanted to help people. And sometimes I felt that the two were in opposition to each other. And so once I really realized that I was simply building relationships and if sales came out of that, then we could all feel good about it. It really changed my mindset and it made me excited to share my story, share some of my personal struggles and, and successes. And the more I started doing that, the more people were like, oh, hey, can you talk to us about this? I'm like, well, really? Okay, yeah, I would love to. So it is definitely, um, definitely a mindset shift um, for me. And I love, um, we talked briefly before the show started, we were talking about, um, John posts really great content. If you don't follow him, definitely follow him on LinkedIn. Um, I am connected with many, many people, and I see a lot of things go through my feed. 
And I always stop and read John's posts because they always, they're very genuine. They make me think. And almost always I want to engage with them. It's not just like, okay, oh, hey, that was great and keep going. I, I genuinely want to engage. And I really think that's the key to being successful in marketing is creating that desire for engagement with your, your audience. It, it really is. And, and again, that, that, that personal connection with other people goes a long way. You're exactly right. Okay, so I did also learn another interesting fact about you that I did not know is that you are also a personal life work, I don't know what else, so we want to throw in that bucket, uh, coach to people in the benefits industry. How did that get started? And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so again, it just it just came from what happened naturally. So I don't bill for those services, quite frankly. And maybe I shouldn't have said that because I'll get about you know 500 requests, but um, you know, it just happened by building relationships. I, I do have brokers reach out to me across the country every single week asking me about different things they're going through. And we're in this whole thing together, Nancy, right? So I'm just a big believer that, you know, good things come back. If I can help somebody out in business or life, um, you know, I'm not just in this for sales. So helping people, helping them improve their trajectory. Others have done that to me. So why wouldn't I want to do the same thing for others as well? So um that's just happened on its own that people have started reaching out. It wasn't advertised or uh, offered out there as exclusive program or anything like that. I'm going to get to Jack in a minute because he has a really great question. Um, I couldn't agree with you more on that um, particular uh, topic, John. Um, I get similar requests and again, don't charge, probably shouldn't. Admit, <laughs> but, but I think it, oh, my motto has always been that if you do the right thing, eventually the compensation will follow. And so I never really worry about that in the moment. Maybe I should, it's just not how I'm wired, but I know that if you continue to do the right thing, it will come back around to you in some form or fashion. Okay, back to the EAP topic for a minute. Jack Graham asks, what communication tools are you finding most effective to engage the members? That is a great question because I feel like I beat my head against the wall with that one as well. Yeah, so again, we're a different model than a lot of other EAP plans, especially those that are embedded and all due respect. So what we have seen over the years, and it hasn't changed over 37 years, those groups that allow us to physically be on site for orientations, physical trainings, um, to physically meet with that HR team and build that relationship, it's, uh, it, it's a game changer. So um, many times it's 15% utilization of the group or higher. Um, I know one of our higher groups is seeing over 75%, quite frankly. That's crazy. So now, that, that's not the norm, and I'm not even alluding to that fact that that's close to the norm. But um, as long as we can be allowed to be physically on site, that changes everything. So one, one thing that we have done in the past, Jack, um, that has actually worked pretty well is um, we actually had refrigerator magnets made up with the name of the EAP and the phone number. And because I always would, that was a line I would always say in my employee meetings, like put this on your refrigerator. So finally I'm like, well, maybe I should just have some magnets made um, and started doing that because you're not going to know if you don't have it handy, you're not going to know who to call and you're going to forget about it. So I would say one of the most effective techniques is to make sure that you make it easy for people to access that employee assistance program. 
Can I circle back to that as well, Nancy? hundred percent. It's a, it's a two edged thing here. So including things in newsletters. So I'm not talking about just a carte blanche, you know, blanket statement of here's our EAP number, but working with your EAP provider, whoever it is, and have them provide you content to deal with a relevant topic that you're dealing with. Um, and then just, again, referring back to that program and how to contact it. That regular communication again and again, a monthly basis. This is a marketing thing, right? It's repetition, yep. but it's dealing on different topics. So engage that provider, include it in that content that they're already reading. Um, it'll help drive that traffic to get better utilization. I love it. That's a great tip. Okay. So before we get into the fun stuff, let's talk about the effect of COVID on our collective mental health. Um, so speaking from a personal standpoint, I noticed that I'm feeling more stressed out about this last wave with the Delta variant than I did with the first original wave or even the follow-up waves or whatever we want to call them. I feel more stressed personally because I felt like we were starting to get back to normal. I was starting to feel some momentum building. And now there's this fear that that's going to be taken away. What are you seeing or hearing or feeling from others? Yeah, so there is a great uh, increase. We're getting a lot more concern by our groups. Um, I've personally been notified by a lot of speaking engagements that were supposed to be on site and face to face that um, they're wondering if that should even happen. And probably one later today will cancel and or be switched to being virtual. So um, that's something that we're seeing. Um, Again, we're doing whatever we can to work with those groups. And our model is we follow those guidelines by that specific group because some groups won't want us on site. Some groups may just want us there, but with masks or whatever. So we tailor make our approach and working with them to whatever's best for that group. So do you have any advice for people like me that are feeling that stress that we maybe didn't feel before? What is, um, what's a good coping technique with, for that? Yeah. So again, I'll refer to um, the Resiliency Center. So, um, and this is something I learned coming out of burnout. So we have an opportunity. And again, you can call it COVID, you can call it marriage, sure. divorce, whatever, whatever that disruptive event is. This is huge. So we have a choice every single day when we get out of bed, we can be a victim or we can be a victor. And if we take that mindset, it can remove fear. It can remove why me mentality or the oh no thing. And we can start working towards being uh, the solution and being the victor that day, because we really can't change what the government does to us. We can't change what our state does to us, what our employer groups uh, require of us, but we can change how we approach that and how we move forward. And, and I can speak, if I can speak personally, that's transformational for me. So uh, to know when I get out of bed, I'm just going to choose. It may not, I may not feel like a victor some days, but I'm going to choose that mindset to have a better outcome at the end of my day. Okay. I like that. That's, uh, that's really great because I think that not only with COVID, but like you say, with marriage, with work, with loss of loved ones, I think a lot of people feel a loss of hope mm -hmm. and, and to find that hope changing your mindset, I think is one of the only ways that you can, that you can really do that. And that's not easy. So if anybody listening to this today, as I throw my pen across my desk, um, if anyone listening to this today is feeling that loss of hope, I strongly, strongly encourage you to talk to somebody. Um, if you have an employee assistance program available to you, reach out to them, 
reach out to somebody in your community, in your church, in your family. You can reach out to somebody on LinkedIn. For me, for heaven's sakes, um, just really don't feel alone. Um, and again, my mom piped in. She said, I tell myself it's all in God's hands. And you're, you're right. Um, it is, but it still can be hard to, to accept that and to embrace that. Even when you know it, there's still part of you that, that um, is afraid. So reach out. Okay. So before we move on to my five burning questions, any last piece of advice EAP marketing life related that you want to share with the audience? Yeah. And I'd say, and again, I, I can't take your credit for this. Um, who has now become a good friend and you know her as well. Sharon Tiger, you know, has been, you know, reaching out to me, reminding me of the power of a pause. It's something that I've struggled with as a high D personality. I'm, I'm very easily self-motivated and I just want to encourage everyone out there to take those pauses I know this information, but doing it, Nancy, is so hard to do. I know the data. I coached lots of sports and I know the numbers and how they influence sales and sports and all of that. Yeah. But to take a 20 minute break where I'm not going with my phone, I'll be 87 percent more productive and feeling less stressful. If I can do that and also take time for self-reflection, think about my emotions of the past day, the past week. And I've started doing this every Saturday morning, uh, thanks, to, thanks to Sharon. And it's been, again, transformational. So I want to encourage everybody, you are worth dating yourself. 20 minutes of time on a daily basis. And if you have time on a Saturday to do a little bit longer, you won't regret it. And quite frankly, I believe your future self will thank you. That's wonderful. And a good reminder that uh, I need to get Sharon on this podcast. She's an amazing woman. Um, Okay, so we finally made it to the fun, little more lighthearted part of the show. So every every episode ends with these variation of five questions, but question number one never changes, which is, what is your absolute favorite food in the world and can you cook it? Ah, excellent. Yes, I can make seafood gumbo and no offense to all the other chefs out there, but mine is better than anyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So what are the main seafoods you put in yours? Oh, no. How, long, how much time do I have? Uh, I put scallops in there. I put shrimp in there. I put flounder. Um, I put crab meat in there. Um, Except you're an East Coast guy. You don't get the good crab. There, there we go. There we go. Uh, my, my Maryland friends are, are now in an uproar. I know. I know. Well, it's funny because um, East Coast, West Coast. So our, our seafood sounds the same, but it's very different. So um, we, of course, have Dungeness crab out here, which is the best. Um, but I, I do think Maryland blue crab is, is good as well. But um, same thing with um, with our deep water fishes tend to be a little bit different. So it's always um, it's always interesting to me. OK, so what is the one character trait you admire most in other people and why? In other people, you know, I, it's it's changed over the years, and I would really say uh, transparency, um, just a person being genuine um, and seeing people as they are. Uh, we are in a world in this industry, and I'll do respect of liars and fakes, uh, people who cover up things, or they'll intentionally manipulate, or let's just say what it is, lie. So to be transparent, to be that real authentic person that you really are. Um, goes a long way with me and I have, it's easier to respect that person. It's easier to trust. And 
it's amazing the people that reach out to me and start telling me their life story when I've never asked for it, um, just because they feel like they need to do that. So I would say that that transparency of being real with others. I love that. Um, again, we chatted a few minutes before the show started. And and one of the things that I struggled with in this industry for a long time was the people that put on a show, essentially, for our peers. And for a long time, I kind of felt less than because I'm like, well, I don't do those things or I'm not that good. And until I was finally able to embrace it, I am good at what I do. I might do something different than you and my focus might be different, but that's okay because that's who I am. That's a hard that's a hard lesson to learn and it's a hard thing to accept. But once you do, it's very freeing. Excellent. Excellent. Um, okay. So now I'm going to flip the mirror on you. So what's the one character trait you admire most in yourself and why? Yeah. So, and this really came out during my burnout and that's grit. So the, the ability to keep moving forward when you don't feel like it. Um, and I'll just give a quick snapshot here. I had Lyme disease, still do. It's a chronic. I had COVID. Um, there was many times I didn't feel like getting out of bed in both of those cases, but it's just something I believe I've been gifted with that no matter what, I can find a way to get it done, whatever it is. And that's why my nickname is the bull, because at the end, I'm just going to find a way uh, to get whatever I need to get done, done. Mine might be the bullheaded one, but not. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So what is the one piece of advice um, that you, and you may have already shared this, but so if there's anything else that you would like to share what it, when it comes to maintaining good mental health, um, and we know that taking a, a pause is super important. Right, right. Anything else that you could maybe add to that? Yeah, so balance is the key. We In the past, we always talked about work-life balance, but let's be realistic. There's no such thing as balance because one day you've got to take your kids to three different games and sporting events, and then the next day your job requires you to do all these other things, right? So it really isn't balance. It's it's that integration, right? So understanding you know, how you can level these things out um, and giving yourself that grace when you feel like you're not doing enough in one of those because it, that's just the integration piece, right? Yep. So. Um, it does tie into that pause part because we have to understand where we are, you know, so our emotions are a barometer of what's going on. And if we can be in tune with what our feelings are telling us, why we're irritable uh, and all those other things, we can make those changes to, to balance things out. We're always tweaking and adjusting if we're being self-aware. I love it. That's a great piece of advice. Okay. So what's your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you? Uh-oh, <laughs> here it comes. So I am a weather geek. I admit it, I'm a, I'm a weather weenie. So I have my own weather station. Um, I refuse to watch, you know, those big brand weather channel, you know, entities. I look at the weather models. I look up at a model and I look at the soundings, things in different heights and make my own forecasts. No, I don't do it for money. I don't even do it for groups. I do it for myself because I, I love the weather and all that's involved uh, as well as climate. So um, things are cyclical. And I think it's very interesting when people do their homework to see what's really going on. And uh, I just really love the weather. Okay, so you win the prize for most original answer. I've not heard that one before. So that's amazing. Well, you if you like the weather, you would love the Pacific Northwest weather because it is a, we're in this weird convergence zone and yeah. weird stuff happens out here all the time. Okay, last question. Who is the one person that you're you've been connected with on LinkedIn um, that you would most like to meet in real per, in real life and have a, a discussion with? And if it's not on LinkedIn, maybe somebody you 
follow or listen to on a podcast? Well, again, being transparent here, Nancy, I've either already met a number of those people and will this upcoming weekend. So I can't include them um, if that's okay. But absolutely. Um, so again, this comes back to me being a weather weenie, Joe Bastardi. Uh, okay. I, you know, he does not live that far away from me. And I drive through Bullsburg every time going, I know he lives here somewhere. So uh, he got me really interested in, in doing my own research in the weather and climatology. So uh, I, I look forward to the day uh, at some point in time to make that drive to Bullsburg and meet him face to face. Okay. So as a certified weather weenie, you'll need to look up um, actually one of our local um, meteorologists, his name is Rich Marriott. And he, um, he's been doing it for 35 plus years. So I mean, he's been around for a while, but he actually also established the Northwest Avalanche Center. So he oh. has, I mean, just a, wealth of knowledge you would you would uh enjoy following him or, or checking him out so I'll have to do that. Um, okay so that brings us to the end of our recipe for success today phenomenal discussion john as i knew it would be um so again for anyone listening john was my final male guest for a little while i'm going to pivot for a little while and focus on strong women doing um, great things in their space, whether it's the benefits industry or whatever space they happen to be in. But I was not going to make that change until I talked to John first because I was dying to have this have this session. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, and until next week, make it a great day. <laughs>